Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over and start using it now. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. All right, guys, welcome back. EYL, episode 28. 28 weeks in. 28, monumental. First and yeah. foremost, we have to thank Black Enterprise. For sure. For um, featuring us. That was, that was a very um, that was a good look. gracious article that they did for us. Yeah, it was the number one share story um, last week. On I saw that. Website, I saw like so almost 3,000 shares. So and shout out to everybody for sharing it and yeah. all of the response that we've gotten for that. Um, it's very encouraging. Very encouraging. So thank you. Thank you for Black Enterprise. We appreciate you. Nicole Webb, thank you for writing the story. We appreciate yeah, you. Well done. Um, and then we also have to shout out Curl Fest. Ooh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to, to all the girls of Curly Girl Collective. Uh, we actually attended for the first time, and it definitely won't be our last time. Yeah. It was um, just beautiful to see Melanin celebrated and everybody come and have a good time. And I was in awe of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. sure. Episode 25, if you haven't listened to episode 25, that's with Simone Mayer. She's one of the co-founders of CurlFest. CurlFest is the largest natural hair festival in the world. So yeah. check that check that episode out. It's a good one. She dropped a lot of gems on um, women, hair, mm -hmm. and also on the festival industry. So we actually went. This is our first year actually going and attending. It was 20,000, 30,000 people there, and it was it was dope. It was crazy. Really yeah. good. And they're not done. Like They're going to be doing Atlanta. So Atlanta, get ready. They coming your way, so yeah, shout out to them. For sure, for sure. But we're going to jump right into it. We got a very, very special show. We actually, we're we doing a little different this week. We got um so much information that we want to give out to the public that we're going to 
released two shows yeah. this week. We're going to do our show, which you're listening to right now, Tuesday, 5 p.m., and then we also going to drop on Friday. We did that before. Yeah, episode 24 we did. Episode too. 24, but this yep. is just going to be two different episodes, um, and we got some, some, some information for our international listeners as well yeah. on, this, on the episode that's coming out Friday uh, because we get a lot of feedback. We get a lot of positive feedback from, from people all over, from Africa, from Europe, from Asia, and they're like, you know, we want to – have a little bit more of an international feel. Yeah, they, so They love the content, but sometimes it doesn't relate to their country. Yeah, so we got some international information as well as information for the globe. And I always say, even for people that live in America, don't limit yourself to America. Like, the world is big, right? So the international information isn't just for international listeners. It's for you, too, because we need to get money every single way in the world, and we need to educate ourselves everywhere in the world. It's, it's, the world is flat. Not literally like Kyrie Irving. Said, yeah, but, I think Kyrie uh, got in trouble for that. It's, it, it's flat <laughs> as far as information. Information is the same. This is why we, we can be on the charts in, in Dubai, yeah. be in the charts Botswana. in Botswana, yeah. be in the charts in Shout out to Bermuda. We number seven. Bermuda and Trinidad, Jamaica, yeah. all of these different places is because we're receiving information at the same time right now. So it's a level playing field. So we need to educate ourselves on what's going on all over the world, not just what's happening in America. Yeah, definitely. For sure. So a very special guest today, Fritz Charles. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. A legend in his own right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. For sure, for sure. So um, he's going to tell his story, but very interesting story. You got a lot to talk about yeah. from Wall Street to crypto. And one of the things that we've been getting requested to cover the most is cryptocurrency, right? Yeah, we got some stories. Yeah, so we got our own personal story, but we wanted to bring an expert in the field in as well. So he's an expert in the field as well as a bunch of other things as well. So we're gonna get into crypto. But before we start, um, we want can we get a, uh, a backstory on how you got here? Because your, your story is really interesting as far sure. as working in Wall Street, um, and you were with the infamous Lehman Brothers, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, all right. So, Job of a lifetime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Can you explain that? Because that's 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 an interesting story. Now, for sure, for sure. I try to make it as concise as I could be because it's, it's pretty long. But think, first off, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, um, you know, it's kind of the personal background is uh, I grew up in Queens, uh, born in Queens, New York, uh, attended college at Brew College in New York, studied finance. And uh, my first job out of school was at Lehman Brothers. Uh, for, Which is know, not common. Yeah, That's yeah, common. no, it was, I, I went hard for that job. It was definitely a job that was a dream job. Um, Lehman Brothers at the time, this is 2006, you know, I would say, you know, probably, you know, it's Goldman Sachs and like Lehman Brothers, Morgan Stanley were on that next level. Investment bank, if anybody's not familiar, Lehman Brothers was one of the biggest investment banks in the world. Yep. On yep. Wall Street. Like Goldman Sachs, same level as that. Exactly. And so I uh, got a job there as a as a trader. So I traded equity derivatives, equity swaps, equity options, and my clients were hedge funds. Hmm. And um, crazy, fun job, you know, really intense. I was 22 years old kind of doing transactions that were in the billions. Um, Lucrative job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they didn't touch the billions. I'm talking six digits. Six digits as as a, as a 22 year old out of Queens is is, is major. Um, and then I, uh, you know, did my thing. Got, you know, you, you kind of the way you you're hired as an analyst. So you do two years as an analyst, then they decide what to do with you. And uh, I got promoted to associate. And uh, this is 2008. You know, 2008. Obviously, the the financial crisis happened. And about three months after I got promoted, um, we went bankrupt. And mm. so, um, and then what happened was, it was like three days where people didn't know what was going on, uh, as far as like whether it was a, you know, whether the building would be open, whether we had insurance, whether, 
You were just basically working for a bankrupt entity. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we got word that Barclays bought us. And then there was like a whole lot of hoopla as far as like who, who's going to be left with Barclays, who's going to get laid off. And I was one of the fortunate people to, to keep my job. So I just ended up working at Barclays. This is before the Barclays Center, so I didn't get any tickets. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so, all right. So the financial crisis of 2008, when banks were closing left and right, Wall Street was in a mess, and you were trading very complicated swap derivatives. Can you give a 11th grade explanation on what swap derivatives yeah, are? Yeah, yeah. So basically, um, what it is is basically it's a it's a it's a contract that says I traded equity swaps on basically equity um, indexes. So the most popular equity index is the S and P five hundred. So you always hear about if you watch CNBC or even watch any news, they say oh the market went up five percent. Nine times out of ten they're talking about the S and P five hundred. Mm-hmm. And so the S and P five hundred is five hundred stocks, right? So to to trade it, to trade five hundred stocks, especially if you you know you're not the hugest hedge fund or hugest client, like that's really complicated. But what you could do with us is, all right, well, we'll give you a contract that gives you the same return of the 500 stocks. We'll take care of, like, buying all of them. And then what you have to do with us is you give us an interest rate. So we're going to say, all right, well, you pay us um, 3%. What we used to quote it as is LIBOR. So LIBOR is a London Interbank Offering Rate, which is basically like, it's almost like uh, the international federal funds rate. It's like the set rate. Like, sometimes you hear about people talking about, oh, the Fed's going to raise rates or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is like the international version of that. Mm. So you, so the hedge fund says, I say to the hedge fund, all right, well, you want the return on the S&P over a year? I'll give you that, but you got to go and pay me, um, you know, 5%, something like that for that. So if the S&P goes up above 5%, let's say the S&P goes up 7%, 7 minus 2, 7, 7 minus 5 is 2, they, 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 they're doing well. Yeah. If the S&P is, be, is below 5%, um, then they're out of money, right? So it's kind of like this weird, it's almost like a bet, so to speak. How much money was being traded on that? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, a normal transaction um, with these clients would be f- 500 million, 1 billion. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. yeah, and so they'll call us up, like, hey, I want to move five, I want to move a billion dollars worth of S&P 500, and we would take that trade for them. And you're doing that at 22 years old? Yes. And you're doing yeah. that every, every day? Every day. So you straight uh, from f- nine thirty to four straight. A billion dollars every day. Basically, yeah. So the reason why I say that is even if the average person probably will never invest in this type of investment, it's important to understand and know, right? Um, we had Ash Cash on. It was a great interview for us. And he spoke about um, when he worked in a bank. He used to be the CEO of a credit union. And he spoke about when he, when he was on behind the scenes of a bank and he started to see that wealthy people had a team of people that was working for him, right? And there's so much stuff that the average person, black, white, Chinese, the average person has no idea what happens, yeah. right? But this, right. these things affect the world, right? 100%. And these, and it, so it's like a small group of people that really affect the whole world, right? So that ties into your, the Lehman Brothers going bankrupt. So people, I don't think people fully understand, or maybe they forgot because we have short-term memories, right. about 2008, right? How did this, how did 2008 happen when, if you're not familiar, if you're too young, that's when the financial crisis hit. We had the worst recession since the Great Depression. Depression. Yep. Um, stock market was down like 40%. The housing market crashed. Everything just fell apart. Right. It's like a perfect storm. And then the banks, big banks had to get bailed out. Of course. So, but this all started because it, it was in England. It was, a, it was a trading block in England, right, that was doing... Um, 
prime mortgages, subprime mortgages? No, nah, it was U.S. It was US? In England. Yeah, that was England. It was uh, U.S. So, um, you know, the investment bank is split in between a couple of different divisions. So there's an investment bank that kind of helps people go public, like be IPO and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And you have the capital market side, which was I, I was in, and you split that between fixed income and equities. Equity just means stock. Mm -hmm. So my side was talking about, was doing stock, but the other side is where they focus on bonds, mortgages, a bunch of other things. And so what they, so the way that mortgages happen, if I go get a mortgage from like Bank of America or something like that, or a local credit union, they give me a mortgage and then now they have, they, they, they're basically accredited to me, right? And they take that, but they take like a thousand of me and they put the mortgages together and then they go to Lehman Brothers or some other bank and they're like, yo, package this together and sell it for me. And so what Lehman Brothers does is they give you the upfront money. Let's say I, let's say there's a, I give you a mortgage for a house that's like 200 grand or whatever. And over time, people pay interest and stuff like that. Maybe I don't want to wait 30 years to get my money back. I'm a, I'll go to Lehman Brothers and I'll be like, you know what? This two hundred grand, this two hundred grand mortgage, I'll sell it to you for like two hundred ten grand. And by the way, I got a hundred of those. Put it all together, and then what Lehman Brothers does, or all the investment banks, they take it, put it together, they chop it up, and they sell it to different people, right? But if the mortgage, is, so but the way that they price it is the risk, right? So there's people that put five percent in their homes. There's people got five twenty uh, credit, um, you know, credit scores. Some people have seven hundred credit scores. Those things. Based, the market says, you know what? I'll pay you a premium for the good credit people. I'll pay you a discount for the bad credit people. But if the people in the middle are not communicating straight what the underlying assets are, right? Or what was happening at the time, you had a you had a real estate market where that was going up for so long, so that people people that people with like 500, 600 credit scores and making only 50K a year. Stated, stated income. Right, we're getting houses that, that were like half a million dollars. We, right? I don't, we not to cut you off, but we yeah. covered stated income, but we didn't really talk about stated income. So people might what not it know what stated income that, yeah. is. Stated income was a policy in the mid 2000s where you can state your income. So if anybody's familiar with the process to get a mortgage, you gotta jump through hula hoops to get a mortgage, right? Yeah. You gotta like bring your your tax documents for the last two years and yep. you gotta bring all kinds of stuff. They gotta check your credit, all that. But in the mid two thousands it was you just walk into the bank and you state your income and whatever you stated your income, that's what they said. Yeah, so you could say I made hundred fifty thousand. You you could say I made a half well, a million. A half a million, right. You can be a gardener and make fifteen dollars an hour and go into a bank and say, I make $500,000 a year. They take your word for it and they give you a mortgage Based on for a million dollar home. And people was doing that. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, and, 100%. And that's and the only reason people were doing that is because they didn't have to hold the bag, right? Like they were like, all right, because if you're a bank and I give you, I mean, just think about anybody. If I give uh, you know that person, a, my homeboy a loan and I know he doesn't have a job, I know he can't pay me back, but I have to wait for that person to pay me back, I'm not gonna probably give my homeboy a loan, right? But if I knew I could take my homeboy's loan and pass it to somebody else and they they are on the hook for it, they gotta worry about collecting from him. Somebody left cares, holding the bag. Right? <laughs> so that's what happened because of the capital markets, you were able to do that super efficiently. And that worked for a few years because the, all the real estate prices are going up and up, right? Because even if, if I have a loan against a house and the person can't pay and the house goes up, I'm, Good, so I, I'm okay with that, right? Or that person is okay because they're more likely to pay me. Um, but until that stops, it's like musical chairs, right? So I, anyway, Lehman Brothers was a leader in that. Basically, they took those packaged mortgages and sold them out. 
But what happened was it's good when you could just pass them out. But then when you can't liquidate them as quickly and then now you're holding the bag and then real estate prices go down, then people default. They're not paying their mortgages. The houses that are are behind the mortgages are not as valuable, right? It becomes this, this cycle. And then now Lehman Brothers, now Lehman Brothers has bad credit on their books from the people they give credit to. Then people don't want to give Lehman Brothers credit. Right then, the stock market is like, yo, I heard Lehman Brothers can't get credit. Then it becomes this, this yeah. spiral trickle down effect. And then Lehman Brothers has a transaction with Bear Stearns, and Bear Stearns has a transaction with J.P. Morgan. Now people are like, oh, actually, I, I know you, I know you, Lehman Brothers, I, Lehman Brothers can't pay their money, and I know Lehman Brothers owes you. So now you screw too, and now I'm not gonna buy your stock, and then everything kind of just went in a cycle. So that, you, that you know, you know what it sounds like to cut you off. You know what it sounds like. So it's almost. The, a Ponzi scheme, right? And, and, and if you understand how Ponzi schemes work, you only really get screwed in a Ponzi scheme when things go bad. It's not A lot of people make money in a Ponzi scheme, like Bernie Madoff, right? right. If you invested early with Bernie Madoff, you made That's a lot of money, money yeah. right? Because the thing about it is he's taking new money and he's paying the old investors and then he's just kind of repeating the process, right? It only goes bad when people ask for their money back in bulk. <laughs> they don't right. have enough to cover it. Right. But as long as nobody really asked for that money in bulk, yeah. you can keep that thing going. He kept it, he kept the, the scam going for thirty years because nobody really asked for anything. You're giving people twelve percent a year. Why would you ask for your money back? You, yeah, you, until you, a recession happens. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's all good when you when you hedge these kind of bets until it's not all good anymore. It's all good till it's not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's life. <laughs> it's all good till it's not. It's all good. So then, so how how quickly did did these guys go under? Like how? Cause that, that happened like in a couple of months, right? Like, well, it happened in a couple of months, but like I guess '07 is when things got a little bit hairy. Um, but then like things stabilized, and in early '08, so Bear Stearns was the worst one to go down. So Bear Stearns went down probably like the first quarter of '08. Lehman Brothers was, um, you know, people the stock just started going down. So stock stock power was trading in the 120, 140s, and like throughout the year, it just kind of kept going down. And I don't know if you, you guys cut, covered this on your podcast previously, but basically there's these people that call short sellers. Mm. You could basically bet that the stock's going Can you, down. We haven't covered that. Can you talk yeah, about that? Yeah, so basically short selling is like, it, it's, it's, it's weird, but basically what you do is you, you say, all right, I think this stock is going, I think this company sucks. I think this stock's going to go down. I'm going to go to my broker or to a bank and say, let me borrow that stock. I'm going to sell it, and then I'm going to buy it back later on at a lower price. So if the stock is at fifty, and you know you know the company is not making money, or you think the company's not making money, you say, "All right, I'm going to buy it back later. I might buy it back at twenty-five. I bought it. At, I borrowed. I sold it at fifty. Bought it back at twenty-five. That's twenty-five dollars profit, mm-hmm. right? And so it's actually reversed because obviously usually what you do is you buy and you sell. In this case, you sell then you buy. And the way you're able to do it is because these firms will take other people's assets, like other people's stock and lend it to you. It's similar to how people take people's savings account and use those as loans, mm. right? And the question is like, why would a bank do that? You actually pay an interest rate on that money through, while you have it short. Yeah, because that's um, The Big Short. You ever read that book? Yep. Big yeah, Short. Yeah, movie too. That movie's yeah, powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that's what these guys did. They made a, a, a bunch of a bunch of money, a boatload of money from shorting. Yep, they yeah. were shorting 
um, that they're shorting those mortgage assets. Yeah, they so predicted that this would happen. Yeah, exactly. And you went to Wharton School of Business, right? That's right. Shout I did that to, after that. Yeah. So yeah. Wharton, so that that comes because of what happens at Lehman. Yeah. Brothers. So I go to Lehman, and uh, you know, at the time, I I thought I had it made. I was gonna be working in that place till I was older, stacking bread and yeah. maybe investing on the side. But like, I thought I had my career made. Um, but as that was happening, I was seeing what's going on. I was, and also what I, what I, the thing about invest trading, particularly, you really don't you, like your skill set is your skill set. You can't take it anywhere else, right? If I traded that one thing, I can't even go and trade bonds after that. Like the only jobs I could get was at another bank doing the same exact thing. And guess what? None of them were hiring. And you know, like I said, I went to CUNY Brew College, and it was a great school, great education for the money. But I felt like that was a time where I really needed a network, and also I needed to to kind of think about where I want to take my career. I wanted to do something a little bit more, I had more control over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I decided to apply to business school and I ended up getting into Wharton. Yeah, and, so I, and went there, yeah. You're the third uh, person who's come oh, from yeah, the, yeah, yeah, right, Wharton yeah, Business yeah, School. You're the third person that's come from, from Wharton that's yeah, been right. on the podcast. Shout out to Brandon Copeland. Yep, Derek Ferguson. And Derek Ferguson. Yeah, Those are all both Shout great out. episodes. Yeah, good alumni. So you got a lot of pressure to live up to. All right, <laughs> but, um, so. Warren, if anybody's not familiar, is one of the best, if not the best business school in the world, not just the country, the mm-hmm. world. So we have our third Warren alumni here, and he just gave you a very good uh, breakdown of very complex trading. So you just got an Ivy League education in 20 minutes. UIL uh, University. Yeah. Once again, once again, <laughs> we, we provided free education for you guys. So you're welcome. So now we're going to go into the second segment where we're going to talk about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and everything you need to know about it. All right, so now we're gonna go into what everybody's been waiting for. We're gonna break down cryptocurrency. Before we go into cryptocurrency, we gotta tell a story. Yeah. We tell our own personal story about crypto. We're all involved. Um, yeah, so <laughs> if you know, if you, if, you, if you listen to the podcast, you know that A, our theme is transparency. We, we tell you know our real stories in real life and our guests tell their real stories. And we also have the slogan of all money in. Shout out to Nip, rest in peace. Yep, yep. But um, it's real because we really tried everything. At one point in time, we literally tried everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, like no exaggeration. Yeah. Like, we, like we tried everything. We just kept like, hey, listen, something's yeah, going to work. So, <laughs> so, all right. So here's the story on cryptocurrency, right? So 2017, right? Um, the draft. We got to take it back to the draft of 2017. So Donovan Mitchell, shout out to Donovan Mitchell, right? Hometown hero. And we were at the Barclays Center um, because we're good friends with his family. Mm-hmm. And they invited us. And we were at the suite when he got drafted. Shout out to the Mets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once again, the, the Knicks screwed that up and didn't draft him. Yeah, we, we, we were sitting there like, you know, the Knicks had a chance to do it. He worked out for them. Dad was like, I think they got a chance. And nope. Yeah, that's, what, that's what we do. Frank Nilakino. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't draft him, but he got drafted by Utah. But anyway, we was there with his family, and um, one of our good friends, Inez, shout out to Inez. Uh, so her kid went to a private school, and one of his friends, this is why networking is so important, right? People that you meet. His friend was like a 20 year old kid, right? Sure. And I just met him, and we were just talking randomly. He's like, what do you do for a living? I'm a financial advisor. So we just started talking. Mind you, he's 20 years old at this time. I think he's like a, a freshman, a sophomore in college, something like that. Yeah. And he's telling me, he's like, you know, I just bought this um, Ethereum. He's like, I put 20000 into Ethereum. You know, I said, I put 10000 into Ethereum like five months ago. And um, it, it went to 100000 I cashed out. He said, my friend put 100000 into Ethereum. 
they went to a million. He cashed out. He started a hedge fund. What is he, 20 years? I don't, how I know t- what, I, I don't even think he was. Play with, he might not have been 20. I think he was 18. Like 19 I think or something he, like that. He got yeah, the money yeah. for, as a graduation gift, I yeah, believe. Yeah, well, you know that. And that's the power of, of family. <laughs> of course. Right? Um, he wasn't from our community. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah, I already knew that, that story. <laughs> but, um, so when he told me that, I told you more. I'm like, well, we got like, what's this? Like this, because I heard about cryptocurrency. I heard about Bitcoin, but I ain't really hear about Ethereum. Yeah. I'm like, hold up, wait, like, what's going on here? And I, that's when I started studying it. But I still was kind of apprehensive. I ain't really sure. So then I see Bitcoin. I'm just studying it. I'm just a student of the game. And like October, I see Bitcoin just start climbing. It went from like six thousand to seven thousand. No, it went from like three thousand. Yeah, it was to like four thousand to like five thousand. So then I called my man, shout out to Jason Lewis. I called him and uh, he's a Bitcoin expert. And I'm like, okay, tell me everything I need to know about cryptocurrency. And he educated me for two and a half hours. And I asked every single question that I could. I asked like a thousand questions. Every question I had, he educated me on it. And that was like around November. Yeah. That yep. was like November, actually late October. It was late October. No, no, it was no, like it was November. 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 It was November. It was November. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I found out this this app called Coinbase where you can buy cryptocurrency, right? So he educated me. And he was telling me about the like the three biggest currencies at that time, which is Litecoin, Bitcoin, and Ethereum. Ethereum. So he's telling me about it. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna put my money in. I put six thousand dollars in. I told the group chat. I told the guys. I'm like, look, I put six thousand dollars in. I spread it across those three coins. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not telling y'all to do this. <laughs> this is money that I feel comfortable losing because yeah. it's a it's a risk. Like, I, I, I feel comfortable losing it if I lose it, but I don't know what's going to happen. So then me and Jamal, we go to Asia for a month, right? This is now December. Yeah, yeah we yeah, went yeah. to Asia for, for, for 20 days, in December 1st. We left for 20 days. Look, we don't let that go over your heads. <laughs> 20 <laughs> days. <laughs> now, I let a, a life you can write a book on. I'm going to write a book yeah. down the line. Slight <laughs> but um, we, we, we went to Asia with, with, with a, a return ticket. We went with a, 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 a ticket there and a ticket back and two nights in Bangkok. That's it for 20 days. We was going to figure it out as we went. We just winged it. We went to five different countries. We were just winging it as we were literally winging it. Like we were buying hotels at the airport. We were just figuring it out day to day. So I'm in Asia and it just so happened as fate would have it, I brought into the crypto space like one week before it started to skyrocket. Yeah, if anybody's not familiar, November, December of 2017. 2017 is legendary in crypto world. Like everything went up like a thousand percent, a hundred percent. Like it was crazy. So long story short, I'm in Asia and I had $6,000 invested every single day. I'm waking up and I'm just getting 500, 600 more dollars. It's going up. Seven thousand, eight thousand, nine thousand. It's, it's like just dopamine. Yeah, yeah that's dopamine. Crazy. Now, now we're not sleeping. Yeah, I'm out in I'm out in Thailand, and I'm I'm more focused on that than anything. I'm like, this is crazy. I'm like, I'm about to make a million dollars before summer. So then, <laughs> Troy starts. So I'm I'm telling the guys, I'm like, I'm sending them screenshots. Like, I don't know what y'all doing, but <laughs> right. I'm getting money out here. So Troy's like, he starts studying it, like. He start one thing about yeah. Troy, he's good with research. So he starts studying it. Like he's up all night. Team no sleep. And he starts telling me about all these other coins, Tron, and all of these different things. And um, but meanwhile, I'm thinking I'm doing good because I'm going up like 100%, 300%, 400%. He's like, that's not enough. He's like, yeah, you earn it, but that's not enough. These other coins are going up 1,000%, yeah. 3,000%. He's like, you got to come home. Like I never forget, I was in Hong Kong. <laughs> I was in Hong Kong, and he called me. Like, come home. Just, this, is, this is like... Facts, right? So I heard about Bitcoin 
prior to all this, right? Because right, right. I was in the, the the music downloading services, I right? You, I feel you. So at that time, the U.S. had said early 2000, they were like, "Yo, they're gonna prohibit illegal downloads," sure. right? So they people started coming up with web sharing sites like Mega Upload, Rapid Share. If anybody downloaded music, you know those sites. Of and one of the things, as far as payment was Bitcoin, right? right? And there's no way that the government could track you. So I'm like, all right. That sounds pretty cool. Of course. And then I never heard about it again, right? People were using it. I kept seeing it. I never heard about it until like November. And Shai's like, yo, I'm putting money in. Like he's like two weeks from leaving. I'm like, right. he ain't doing whatever. And then like he said, he started texting us. I'm like, yo, just, he actually made some money. So now it's like, nah, I got to figure this out. Of I, course. So he leaves. And I'm like still trying to figure this out. I'm studying it, studying it. And like I never forget, I read the article, this article on this dude, Justin Sun, who created Tron. TRX. Yep. And so I'm like, wow, this guy has a vision for currency. Like he's sure. gonna do it through video games. And right. I'm thinking like, wow, like Gods of War. Like these are these games where it's like it's not real money anymore. Like right. people are actually using currency inside of games. It's like how before Fortnite. Of course. It was like, yo, we'll give you the game for free, but you'll buy things in it. And I'm like, all right, well, how do I get this? Right. So after I start studying it, right, I knew Coinbase, and I'm like, there's got to be more to this, right? Because I can't even find TRX on Coinbase. Right. And so I study it, and then I hear this this, this company called Binance. Mm -hmm. And when I went to buy, I'm telling you, it was like three in the morning. I had to wait because they were on like y'all twelve hours ahead. How, how many? How yeah, was it was ahead? like twelve hours. I waited. I said, listen, get Jamal. Y'all gotta come home. Like I'm just like, yo. Book a flight back. I found something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I said, book yeah, a flight kept, back. Nah, that's a fact. We right. found something. Yeah, right, right. He kept talking about Tron. He was like, this Tron. I'm like, I don't know, yeah. man, about Tron. I got, it was I got, like less than a cent. You know, it's funny. Though, literally, you know, you were like in the home of Tron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 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 he was, he was actually out. in the right spot. He just had to find that community where yeah. he was at. It was yeah. great. He, I remember... It was, it was Hong Kong? Were you in Hong Kong? I was in Hong Kong. Because I remember Kong. in the background was all these lights. That was Hong Kong. I was like, yo, come Jamal, home. Jamal almost died in Hong Kong. <laughs> That's another story. Different story for a different day. <laughs> he almost died. But I was in Hong Kong by myself, and I had all these lights in the background. You like, come home. I'm like, I'm in Asia. I'm having the time I of said, my life nah, out here. come home right now. So he, um, so he came home, and um, when I got home, the first thing I did, I, I came to his house, and he educated me on how to like buy buy coins. It's a whole process. We're gonna talk about that. Yes. Yeah, but how to buy coins, how to put the money in, all that stuff, right? Market caps, all that. So then I so so anybody that knows me know that I kind of have an addictive personality. I've never done any drugs in my life, and I'm a, I'm a light drinker, but I'm very compulsive. <laughs> it's worked out a lot of times. And you don't it's, say. It, it's been very bad for me a lot of times <laughs> as well. But I make very compulsive decisions. So. Right. When I started, I started making money, and I'm like, okay, so now I educated myself on what we call altcoins. We'll explain that later too. Yeah. So then I just started. I'm like, you know what? I just started rolling the dice. I started like buying coins and doing all, and I was it was crazy. So by like the first week in January, my six thousand grew to twenty eight thousand. Yep. Twenty eight thousand dollars in a month. Six thousand to twenty eight in a month, and I'm feeling like Warren Buffett. Like, <laughs> so we said it to ourselves. We like, yo, if we don't make a hundred thousand by June, we did something wrong. No, no, no I was feeling invincible. I was, no, I, <laughs> I told you I was planning on making eight hundred thousand. Yeah, in crypto yeah. for that year. We calculated. I, it I did budget. the calculations. <laughs> I did the whole thing. So, no. so then everything. Wait, everything fell apart. Not yet. No, no, it did. No, no. Early January, it went, it went down, but then it came back like late January. We were like, all right, we're back. We're back. Right. In February. No, it fell apart. February and I put more money in because I'm like, all right, now I'm about to dip. And then it fell apart again. <laughs> and I put more money in. I said, like, I'm going to buy this dip. And then it just completely collapsed. 
And yeah, he gave up on the space. Yeah. So, yeah, but like I said this though. I said this. I said, look, if it was gonna die, it would have, right? Right. And one of the things I heard that was powerful to me is um, the CEO of Ripple said this. He was like, the reason that this is gonna work is because if you think about money, right? What's the fastest way to get a hundred thousand dollars from San Francisco to London? What do you think? This is it's crypto. He was like. The fastest way in today's society, right, 2018 at the time, oh, it was a it, flight. is to get on a plane yeah, a and flight. fly with that money yeah. to London. How does that work in the world of technology? Right. right. That's why Ripple and all these other altcoins and Bitcoin, that's why it's going to work. And when he said that, I'm like, nah, I don't care. This is going to go down. This is not going anywhere. Sure. And so, like, one, one of the things we did, too, and Rashad, we, for sure, it was like, we were like, look, we're not letting anybody get left on the boat. Like, if they missed the, the cyber bubble, right, in the 90s, right. right, if that is this, we got to make sure that we get the Google, we got to make sure that we get uh, Amazon, and we don't get stuck with Excite.com. Right. But we're not leaving anybody. So I was like, yo, call everybody you know. Like, we're going to call everybody we know so we can tell them how this works and teach them. And, like, we made mad phone calls, and it was like, yo, I don't, nobody wants to learn. <laughs> nah, nah, people ain't, people ain't playing. It was like, nah, I'm good. But, all right, so now we gave you my story. It's a it's a tragic story. But, <laughs> it's, a, it's a learning point. It's a, it's, yeah. But so all right. So can we talk about crypto? Let's start one on one. Right. What is cryptocurrency? So cryptocurrency is uh it's, it's a digital asset that lives on the internet um, that has value. Um, and where does the value come from? It comes from people saying it has value. Right. Um, and it's that simple. And so and it's that simple, but it's also that fickle based on what you just said. Right. And the question is, like, a lot of people say, all right, how is it a currency? How is anything a currency? Anything is a currency because currency is not backed by anything. It's a belief, right? Um, And it's a belief that it's if more people believe that it's going to go up in the future, then more people buy. It's a supply and demand thing, and that's what kind of moves it. Um, But, yes, it's a digital asset that lives on the Internet, and there's you could transfer it without any middleman. So you don't need... Uh, the experience is similar to like a Venmo experience or a Zelle experience or whatever Cash App experience. So P2P. But you don't have cash. You don't have Cash App in the middle. What's in the middle is actually a community of people that validate every transaction. And it's so right. So, so that's the definition of the blockchain. Yes, yeah, so the that's it's validated by the blockchain exactly. So yeah, so cryptocurrency, but the name is a little deceiving because it's not really being used as currency right now. It's more so of a of an investment, right? Right. So it's an investment because. Due to people, um, due to the the way it's moved, and Bitcoin being the first cryptocurrency, mm-hmm. it's moving up and down just based on the, the story you just said. People don't want to use it as a currency, so but it, it's th- it's made to be a currency. It's made to allow people to move money back and forth. But because of the way it's structured, so Bitcoin is structured in a way where there's a limited supply, right? It was a seventeen million. It's seventeen million now, but the max is twenty one million. Okay, so. People are anticipating at that point that it's going to be worth a lot, and so it's kind of transferred from a currency to more of a digital gold. So it's like a it's being viewed as a commodity. In that's story. right. Store value. It's yes. Exactly yeah. right. So that's what Jason told me. Yeah. yeah. So all right, because this is something that's interesting. So people say like, well, cryptocurrency is in thin air. It's not physical. It's not backed by anything. And I say neither is the American dollar. Right. That's right. American dollar used to be backed by gold. But I think in Nixon, he changed Nixon, it. He removed the gold standard, yeah. He removed the gold standard. So now the American dollar, like most, all dollars all over the world, is only backed by the faith within America. Let's talk about America. American dollar is only backed by the faith of the, of the people. Right. P- 
people think that it's worth what it's worth. So at any point in time, when the vast majority of people think the American dollar isn't worth anything, it's not worth anything anymore. Right, because I mean, like you said, with Bitcoin, there's a limited supply. Once it gets to 21 million, there's no more, right? So the value of that will go up, obviously, right? Exactly. So that's why you get those projections, like right. Bitcoin will be worth $500,000 for one coin. Right. Whereas a dollar, they can make a million of those every second exactly of the right. day. So like, what's the real value? So Bitcoin, that's what most people have heard about Bitcoin, When they right? think cryptocurrency. Bitcoin is the, the first crypto, the granddaddy the of cryptocurrency, yeah, yeah. started yeah. by Shitoshi. Satoshi Nakamoto. Nakamoto. That's right. Anybody found him yet? Nobody found him. There's a lot of people claiming it. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows. There's a lot of people claiming it. This is the real wild though, yeah. right here. Satoshi Nakamoto. If, did I say that correctly? Yeah, that was yeah. good, bro. Yeah. Like, I got, I, I'm gonna give you some credit. That was good. If, that was good. if anybody's not familiar, the whole crypto thing is crazy. If anybody's not familiar, the guy's a legend. Nobody even knows if he, <laughs> if he a actually ever really existed, or if he's a group of people, or if he's one person, or if he's still living. Who knows? But he, he he's the founder of crypto yeah right because he made bitcoin right yeah. then from bitcoin you have thousands of cryptocurrencies yeah, now over right? two thousand you have a 12. whole bunch of different from yeah. ethereum to ripple and they all kind of serve different purposes so you have some that are like for just music you have it's like all kinds of different it's mm -hmm. like websites now like you have a, a website for everything and you have a cryptocurrency for everything right. as well right? and then you have so like from those right the, the top three you named uh Bitcoin, Ethereum, those are like platforms. So people build on those platforms. Right. So like Ethereum, like a bunch of platforms will get built yeah, on Ethereum that. Ethereum is like a digital computer. Right. Right. You could build on top of it. You could, they, Ethereum introduced the concept of a smart contract. Mm. Right. A smart contract is basically a digital contract that says, if then, if this happens, then this happens. Right. And uh, the way I like to illustrate it is um, a vending machine is a smart contract. Right, like I don't need like I go to a corner store and get a Twizzlers, or if I go to a vending machine, I put a dollar in. There's code inside a vending machine that gives me the the Twizzlers immediately, mm. and Ethereum takes that and makes it a whole other level. Right, and if you think about the internet, most of the inter like mo any website, anything, the way it works is if then if this then that. If I go on to gmail.com and I put in my password. If the password is good, then it gives me access. If the password is not good, then it tells me you got the wrong password. Got three right? more times to get this right. right. Exactly. <laughs> so Ethereum was the first time to take that that code and put it on the blockchain, makes it makes it decentralized. Because like what I just explained to That's you, is centralized, word too, right? decentralized. Yeah. Right. So Google is centralized. Like it lives like the the way that the code works lives on Google servers in Mountain View in California. Obviously throughout the world, but like that is where the hub is. That vending machine, like that code is in that vending machine. But the way that blockchain and crypto is done, it actually distributes the code around the whole world or whoever wants to uh, be a validator. Mm -hmm. um, and then that's it. And so it decentralizes it. it. It makes it democratic and it makes it limitless as well as borderless. Yeah, that was one of those those key words in that space, decentralized. And it was like, if you think about it, like a company like Google, right? Like. A lot of times, and it's coming up in the news now that, that you know the federal government is looking into them. But that data that's being sold, right? Mm -hmm. They're like the middleman selling it, right? But right. like that's one of the things with this space is like there is no middle guy. There's no middleman. You know what I mean? Um, so it makes it the middleman is everybody, right? Well, the one thing, and that's one thing that I said. So when I first, my first reservation before I started investing in cryptocurrency, I made a video on Instagram, 
and it was my reservations on on Bitcoin, right? Because everybody kept asking me my, my feelings about Bitcoin. And I said this, what I said was, I think it's a good idea in theory. And um, I think that is dope. But my biggest fear is that governments control currency. And at any point in time, when governments feel that they don't have full control of the currency or it's not benefiting them, then they'll stop it. One of the reasons why cryptocurrencies really fell in yeah. 2018 is because governments across the world cracked yeah. down on them. It's hard. Yeah, China, yeah. China, 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 China uh, South Korea. Yep. Um, they just said we're not. You can't trade. And right. then, like, if you were in the United States, like, and this was we ran into this problem too. It was like we couldn't buy on certain exchanges. So, like, one of those things, like you said, like as far as like stocks, you can go to different exchanges. Right. Same thing with the, the this space, right? There was like Binance was the number one. But we had a uh, crypto. What was it? Cryptotopia. Cryptopia. Um, Metadox. All these other right. ones. Like some of them we couldn't buy because we were U.S. citizens. Right. So we had to drive. You couldn't buy ICOs. Right. Especially Th- that was. Yeah. Oh, that will. Yeah. We'll, I lost I some money we'll in that too. That. Yeah. So ICOs are initial. Yeah, so ICO yeah. is the equivalent of an IPO. So like that's an initial coin offering. So when these companies are coming up with ideas, right? They need uh, funding for it. They yeah. make an ICO. I think it's important to illustrate why so many coins could exist. So there's over 2,000 cryptocurrencies right. now. Also, you could actually create an EYL token tomorrow. Right. The reason why is because the currency is code and the code is open source. So I could go and actually see how Bitcoin works and I could actually create, big, I could change the B to F and make it Fitcoin and Fritzcoin. Is that the white, that's the white paper? Uh-huh, that's the white paper, yeah. right? So that's how it started, that's how Satoshi Nakamoto, the group or whoever this individual is, that Bitcoin was introduced through the introduction of a white paper. And the white paper basically was like this code slash business plan that said how it works, how the code works, and everybody could see that everybody could see exactly how it works. So anybody could pick it up and copy it, right? Um, but just because you pick it up and copy it doesn't mean that people are gonna follow you. So you yeah. need a community behind it too. Yeah, so like that that's how you get these other coins. Like if you look now on on the on like coin, coin market cap, cap yep. you'll see like a Bitcoin gold or a Bitcoin right. SV. Like right. they'll say like, hey, we got that code from their white paper, but we're gonna make it even better. Yeah, tweak it. They'll yeah. tweak it, yeah. right? So that's why it's like a million different and another thing that was was uh Shitoshi did was he he made it open sourced. So anybody can change the code. It's it's an ongoing process yeah. of, of Bitcoin. It's changing. Anybody can really you could change it, right? right. Like it's, it's not it. something that's set in stone. Right. It's he did that. So his vision and how I see it is that his vision was to eliminate the world banks and government from like he wanted to make it peer to peer and also open source evolving yeah, where point. it's for the people. Well, right. well, actually, funny enough, it goes back to um, my story, like Lehman Brothers, he's created in 2008. Mm-hmm. It, he was, these, it, it, it derived at, out of a community of libertarians, anarchists, so people that didn't trust the government, and there, there was a level of high, tr- high distrust amongst people uh, from the financial system in general, just because Lehman Brothers went down. And he had a community, and he said, listen, I'm gonna create this thing, that doesn't need banks. Like we could actually work without banks, we could work without the government, and we could transact to each other, trustless. Um, and that's that's kind of what where the fervor came from. Mm. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Nah, it's, it's crazy. ill. It's yeah. ill. All right, so, I'm you, man, we, so we read a lot of white papers, man. Right, yeah, <laughs> we yeah, read yeah, a right, lot right, of white right, papers. Right. So, all right, so tax, right? Because that's what you're doing now with the tax. Right. So that's another issue because everything is so new that the government's trying to like catch up to it, right? So right. we know how 
like real estate is taxed a certain way, stocks are taxed a certain way. It's called capital gains tax. So, can you explain the taxes on that? Because that's that's what you're working with now, right? Right, right. So I work with a company called Token Tax, mm-hmm. and so the easy explanation is like TurboTax of crypto. And so, crypto, if you trade crypto, it's very hard to calculate your taxes because the assumption is that all right, I go from let's say you're from the U.S., I go from dollar to crypto, and then I go from back to crypto, back to dollar, that's when I have to pay taxes. But actually, when you're in the crypto world, like we said, there's about 2,000 cryptos, you could trade from crypto to crypto, and you actually have to, all those things are taxable transactions. It's as if you, when you sell one for the other, the government actually looks at that as um, a, a sell and a buy. And also, there's other things, like you could actually work for crypto and get paid in crypto, that's taxable. You also buy things in crypto. And you, that's also a taxable transaction. So all of that is pretty, is complex to calculate. Yeah. And so um, the company I work with, their software basically hooks into all the all the wallets, all the exchanges, and pulls in your transactions and and converts the dollar equivalent. So an example is, all right, I go from dollar to Bitcoin, then I trade Bitcoin to Ethereum, then I trade from Ethereum back to maybe Ripple, right? I didn't go back to dollars, but all those three transactions are taxable. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I went from Bitcoin to Bitcoin uh, to Ether, there I have to actually look at the USD value of Bitcoin from the, the each time and convert it back, even though I didn't go into dollars. So we we, we allow that calculation. Yeah, and the government, is, I mean, they just put out an article last week where they're going to start taxing. They sent out 10,000 letters to people who yeah, invested. Yeah, yeah, so going back to how crypto started, obviously with, uh, there's a lot of anarchists, libertarians, and a lot of these people are like anti-taxes because they don't trust the government. They don't think the government is doing the right thing. And people was were under the false belief that you don't have to pay taxes on crypto. But one of the thing, one of the, one of the things that they created was transparency in the blockchain. And so yes, it's transparency amongst back, them. Back, but IRS also see that those transactions too, right? So yeah. you actually are exposing yourself. Um, so you actually have to pay taxes on that. Yeah. And what's what's Coin Coin Gamma? So Coin Gamma is my own uh, media platform. So it started with an app that I built as a side project in 2015. 2017, I expanded it to a blog and as well as a podcast where I interview leaders in the space um, and just provide education. Um, and so um, what we do is we, co- we write about the space, we offer uh, educational content, we interview leaders in the space, and uh, we're actually going to start coming up with uh, digital courses where people could kind of and learn, teach, teach people. Teach yeah. people, yeah. So I've taught some some in-person classes. Um, so I've taught in-person classes in New York City, um, and also I've taught at, at my alma mater. So I've lectured at Wharton as well as Brew College around crypto and blockchain. But I'll be doing some online courses over the next few weeks. How do you invest in cryptocurrency? All right, I mean, it depends where you are. But if you're in the U.S., um, you take your you have to take your dollars. You have to be you have to transact on an exchange that actually takes fiat, which is dollars, and converts to crypto. Not Most exchanges actually do not do that. So you mentioned Binance mm-hmm. uh, earlier. Binance doesn't take dollars, right? right. Um, most, but the, there are some major exchanges in the U.S. that take dollars and convert it for you. And it's similar to like buying something on PayPal, right? So Coinbase is the most popular. Um, another one is Ro- is um, is is Robinhood, Robinhood yeah. right? That just happened in New York, right? We just right. got that yeah. like this year. Another one is um, the Cash App, right? So if you use if you use the Cash App to to pay friends or family for you know dinner or something like that, you actually could buy Bitcoin the same way. Um, but if you wanted to buy another cryptocurrency, um, so if it's if it's a cryptocurrency, so now all cryptocurrencies on every exchange. 
So if there's a crypt, if it so Coinbase has a limited supply of crypto cryptos. Same thing as as uh, same thing with the other apps I mentioned. So the Cash app, as well as the Robinhood app. But if you want to do some of the other cryptos, you actually have to basically buy the Bitcoin or Ethereum on Coinbase, then move it to the other exchange, right? And then you could transact on the exchange. And, and that's how people get caught up. Yeah, that is, that, that's B- extremely complicated. Notorious Big had a legendary line. He said. Strictly for live men, not, not for freshmen. Not for freshmen right. for sure. Cryptocurrency, don't play around with it if you don't understand what you're doing. There, there's, there's been plenty of days where we got calls like, yo, no, the no, money no. didn't go through. It's, what it's, happened? What happened? Actually, it's probably gotten more user-friendly now. I don't even look at it anymore. <laughs> I, I have my money invested, but I don't look at it. But at one point, I was looking at it every day. But it was extremely complicated when we first got in because you had to, like you said, you can't buy cryptocurrency with American dollars. You can trade dollars for Bitcoin. Or Ethereum. Or Ethereum or Litecoin and yeah. Coinbase at that time. At that time, yeah. And then you can buy the other coins. It was mainly Bitcoin or Ethereum. Networks, Some yeah. of them you can buy with Litecoin, but most of them. So you had, so let's say you wanted to buy Tron, right? Right. You had to exchange American money for Bitcoin on Coinbase. Mm-hmm. From Coinbase, you had to send your Bitcoin to Binance. The exchange, yep. And it, it, it went, now it's in Binance. Then now it's in Binance well, now. Don't, you skip the step because that, tra- that the transaction speed was so slow, which is one of the things about Bitcoin. So you'd have to, so let's say you sent a thousand or five thousand dollars, right? It would take maybe a half hour before it even got nah, to Nah, Bitcoin exchange. was OD. I remember one time Bitcoin <laughs> took me five hours. I'm like, yeah. where's the customer service? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, no What's going on? It's crazy. No, but no, the crazy no, thing, that's real. Because got- I mean, if you, if I was to, um, if I was on the Venmo or Cash App and I sent it to the wrong person, I could hit up Cash App and say, "Yo, I sent it to the wrong yeah, person. Yeah, you Give me back. Mistake. Give me a charge back." If I sent, if I Bank of America and I put, I, I wired the money to the wrong person, I could call Bank of America. It might it, be a hassle. Made <laughs> yeah. a mistake. Because this thing is decentralized, it's owned by you and it's owned. You also. The mistakes live with you It's too. in the black hole. Nah, right. so, so then, all right, so now it's in Binance, and then from now you have to buy um, Tron with the Bitcoin in Binance. Mm-hmm. So it's like a three-part process. What happens is that, and then you have, so when you send it, they send you a code. It's a code that you have to put in to send it to one place to another. This is something that is extremely important. This has happened to me. It happened to me on my birthday two years ago. I, was, I sent $500. I was trying to buy Bitcoin Gold or was it Bitcoin Cash? It was another Bitcoin. It might have been Bitcoin Cash. Bitcoin Cash. I was trying to buy Bitcoin Cash, but I I put the code for Bitcoin. Yeah. Long story short, I I sent the wrong code. After I sent, I'm like, damn. So I go back. I'm like, I sent five hundred dollars, but I sent it to the wrong address. Gone. (laughs) Yeah. Like somebody complained to you. Nah, it's gone. It's no. It's nobody to track it. It's just. It's in the universe. It's somebody. It's gone. Somebody lost. Like twenty one bitcoins like that. Yeah, they lost twenty one bitcoins because they they sent it to the wrong address or something, and just gone. It's the, it's crazy, man. But like even like that, it was like there's so many steps to it. Like this is not like we weren't sleeping. Like legit weren't sleeping. It was like you know what? I'm not even gonna do this transaction till the morning. But by the time you wake up, the value could have gone up by like a thousand percent. So so yeah. so because of that, yeah. you probably do moving so fast and frantic. Cause you go, I gotta buy this, I gotta buy this, and that leaves you open to making those mistakes. Exactly. Even if you are sharp. No, right? I was moving like a fiend. I was moving like a, <laughs> no nah, I was sleep, moving like a no fiend, sleep. like cause it was like, 
we gotta do this right now. Or they just so I'm I'm like halfway like awake trying to do this on my phone, and it's like damn, like yeah. I didn't really have time to really think about it. But it's, it, you become addicted. Yeah, right. You can. It's very addictive. Especially oh. at that time, because there was so much money being made and it was moving so fast. And the thing with crypto is that it's 24 hours. It's like the stock market on steroids. Stock market, they close. They, you know, it's, it's, it's way more structured. Right. Crypto is like the wild, wild west. No sleep. It's 24 hours a day. And you have what these called whales. Yeah. And these whales are like, these are like the big dogs. They like the crypto is really, it's really controlled. It's like all things. Even though it was made for the people, it's only controlled by like a handful of people right. that have millions billions of dollars and they they move it they move the market so yeah, so right. crazy if and they sell their bitcoin bitcoin's gonna drop exactly right now nah, they know they know what they're doing so it's like it's hard to day trade in that space because you get eaten up right you get eaten Unless up you, that's what i'm saying like even if you sit in front of your computer it's like you can't watch them all like it you was watch them all. i mean this was like no sleep before like two months right like you'll get text messages like our group chat it would be like i remember when tron went from less than a, a penny to like 15 cent I would like the thank you text were just right, coming in I'm right. like I woke up like yo what happened <laughs> like right. I missed it you know what I'm saying nah cause I, I brought Tron at 2 cents yeah and it went to 38 cents I think it, it, the highest that it got to was 38 cents so that's why like I said when I went to swim from 6,000 to 28,000 I had a couple I, had, I brought Ripple at like 90 cents and I sold Ripple at like $3.15 wow so it was like the good times was rolling. The <laughs> good times was rolling. The good times was rolling. Oh, but, man. all right, so can we talk about, like you said, okay, so now we, we got established of how to actually buy it. How do you evaluate coins? Like, how do you know which coin to buy? Like, yeah. how, do, how does somebody yeah. do that? Yeah, that's a hard one. I think the, uh, the space is early. None of, a lot of these things are moving a lot of these things are actually pre-product right so people a lot of these coins out there are raising money on a hope right they're <laughs> they're going out there and they're, they're pitching like a white paper which is like their business plan and they're saying all right well if you give us the money and you you'll get a coin and you will be able to use it for x y and z and um you you have to study that you have to look at the technology, right? Because sometimes, some a lot of these coins actually are like you said. You talk about Bitcoin Gold, Bitcoin Cash. There's like a bunch of Bitcoins. There's Litecoin. There's a bunch of coins that actually are trying to do exactly what the major ones are doing, and what they're doing is tweaking it and say, all right, we're going to be faster, we're going to be more secure, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And so you have to figure out whether that story resonates with you, right? So you have to study that. But most importantly, you could believe that. But because of supply and demand, is actually you need other people to believe it too, right? Like you could believe in that new Christian or is Islamic religion or that new whatever religion, right? But you may be the only person at church or mosque or the or the or whatever by yourself, right? Unless other, unless you bring it, so it is very religious in certain aspects because mm -hmm. it's their community aspects. Because the, the value of these of these assets are them going up so you need more people to buy it or they're able to be used among amongst the community between each other so if you're the only person that that uh if you get into it and then people don't follow you or a community doesn't follow you then they're not gonna go up no matter how strong you believe it to be so you not only have to analyze the fundamentals of it you also have to um read what other people think about it so a lot of research is actually spending time on twitter spending time on reddit spending time on uh, 
these apps like Telegram and Ooh. Discord where people are talking <laughs> about it and seeing what the energy is like. Yeah. And so it, it makes no sense to have to make your investment decisions based on what other people think. But in this space, it's just the way it is. Now they yeah. got they got the whole terminology like hold, hodl, hodl, H O L D, no H O D L, hold on for dear life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, That's ro- it, to the moon was like rocket. It was like when something was going up to crazy. the moon. Yeah, that's to when we know. To the moon, moon, to the moon. Yeah. They call those altcoins shit coins. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a whole. It's Alt, a whole. Altcoins were just any coin outside of the top three, really. Basically, yeah. You know no, it's a whole culture. Cryptocurrency was a whole culture. Yeah, I mean, we studied yeah. it down to the T, right? When we started, I, I know Shadi, when he, he's amazing with numbers, so he started studying the market caps for each one. And then after we saw the market caps, we saw the coin supply, right? So like right. when we said that, yo, they have 21 million, that means like, yo, in this space, that's pretty limited. Right. But then you'll get a coin that, that'll come out as like, there's only 2,000 of it, right? right? Whereas like, um, Ripple was like, was it 65, right. something like crazy billion right. or something like that? Yeah, it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So like, you can see like, hey, what's the growth on that? If there's 65 billion and it's only at, like right now it's probably like 51 cent. It's like, well, how high can this really go? This ain't gonna be a $20 right, coin, right. you know what I'm saying? It's too many of them. But here's the problem with, so, you know, we talked about the, the fiat currencies, like the dollar, euro, et cetera, and how there's each country, they have like the Federal Reserve that could create unlimited supply. Bitcoin, doesn't have like a group of people. All these other coins actually are centralized. So they actually a little bit more like fiat money. So yes, they could go out with a white paper that says that we're gonna limit it. Mm-hmm. But there's been coins that like they were out and like the they just the people that were behind it or the company behind it decided to just change the code. Oh we're gonna do more. Like yeah we're gonna do more. <laughs> right? And there's no S you know that it's it's a wild west because there's no SEC to like stop them. There's like there's a lot of coin they you know in twenty seventeen a lot of coins you know, raise all that money, and they were supposed to come out with things, and bounced. they they bounced, right? A few of them so took my money. Yeah, <laughs> it's scary, but like I think one thing that you know Rashad talked about earlier is like you put six K, it was like that was a, that was what you could lose. Like even to this day, like I don't put money you could lose. Like do not. At that time, I would get texts from people like, "Hey, like my retirement's not right." Thinking about like putting money <laughs> as a retirement, Bitcoin's yeah, yeah, yeah. a retirement. Play with what you and can like, lose. nah, only play with what you could lose. Um, nah, don't don't play with the big boys if you're not if you're not ready, man. Because like I said, nah, it's real talk. It's, it's humbling. The, we don't have control over this. Yeah, and it's very. And we don't have control over anything, but especially crypto because it's very thin. It's very thin, and that's one of the things that actually got me involved. Once I saw the market cap, I saw the market cap. It was like a hundred. What's the market cap now? Uh, it's probably like 200, in the 200 uh, million, million, right? No, no, billion. billion? billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billion. so. We got a pretty high to like 900. Yeah, right. it was supposed to hit a trillion. Yeah, it was supposed to hit a trillion. But at that time, I don't think it was even at a billion at that time. I think it was like 900 million, something like that. But long story short, even where it's at now, it's a couple hundred billion. That's not a lot of money. That sounds like a lot of money, but that's really not a lot of nah, money. Nah, it's really not a lot because if you look at traditional assets, I tell people all the time, yeah, the whole crypto market is 250 billion dollars but guess what fidelity one investment shop has seven trillion of assets no that's a fact by themselves seven trillion right so like this is this is a a, a speckle a drop that's why when i first got into it, i'm like look it's a lot more room for it to grow because the market value is so low and that's one of the things that made me get into it. and that's one of the reasons why i still actually hold out hope because yeah. i feel <laughs> like that's why I said, if, we still, if it if it was gonna die it would have. No, nah, it would have died uh, over the last year and a half. Exactly. Right? Because, yeah, um, like, so. people people gave it, people, uh, Bitcoin went down, people like, it's over. Like, it's a wrap. And it, it came back up. Yeah. Um, and it's trading, kind of trading. And we never know now. why. It's just 
people the belief you said. Right, right. It's the belief. Nah. So yeah, all right. So now you got the education, but for people that want more information, um, how can they contact you? What's the your podcast and your app, all your information? Yeah. So uh, the podcast app, Instagram as well as Twitter is all the same thing. Coin Gamma. So C O I N G A M M A. Um, gamma is like a term that uh, is in the options world that in my old world that I brought over. Um, but yeah, Coin Gamma is it. And uh, if you search my name, my name's relatively unique, so you'll find me. So um, Fritz Charles on LinkedIn. Um, I I I, I kind of changed my last name on Twitter and Instagram is Fritz Chain. You'll find <laughs> okay. me at Fritz Chain on, on on that. Like blockchain? Yeah. Okay. Fritz a little Chain. pun on the world. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, you, you can find me on all those platforms. And yeah, I'm always putting out educational content. DM me, add me on LinkedIn, and we could chat for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, Troy, um, Patreon? Yeah, shout out to Patreon. It's our Proud to Pay program, patreon.com backslash on your leisure. Every, every week, we, it seems to be growing. Right? It's, a, so it's a community. It's a community now, man. So, um, we got some new members. I'm going to shout them out Ashan, uh, Renina. Uh, Nicola, Trip, uh, Jana, Tyrus, and we got to give a huge shout out to Tony. Shout out to Tony. He he was on um, one of our, our members from a couple months ago, but uh, he made a a video, like a testimonial video, just about how great Patreon is. So he just did that out of love for us. So shout out to Tony and everybody that's been supporting on Patreon. No, it's amazing. Patreon is amazing. It's like I said, it's a community, and um, EYL University is real. Uh, we're launching some stuff. Everything is top secret yeah. right now, but. Um, <laughs> yeah. If you, you can't get this level of information, even if you paid to go to school, you probably wouldn't. It'd be very difficult to get this. this there's, there's so many Because it's real world. It's not just people just supply and demand. This is actually real world people that's actually in the field doing it themselves. Like, you can't get that kind of information in college. Professors aren't, they don't do that. Most professors well, if aren't. They, if they, they do, they, they study in one area, right? Yeah, so, like, we're so, giving everything. No, nah, it's different. It's, it's a different level of education. We was in Atlanta, somebody said that they got two master's degrees and they learned more from our podcast than they, learned, they got from the master's that's, degree. That's, uh, that's major. That's major, right? So, Patreon is a lot cheaper than any university sure. in America. There's, there's different level tiers, like we said, on, on every episode. So, you can join at any level you like, um, but we're just going to keep putting the information out. Nah, for sure, for sure. And then book tip of this week is Bitcoin Billionaires from the Winklevon. Winklevon? It's about the Winklevoss. Winklevoss twins. And um, it, it, chron it chronicles their journey. If anybody's not familiar, those are the guys that um, Facebook, they, well, depending on how you look at it, they might have <laughs> got screwed out of Facebook, but they got the last laugh at the end because they... They, made, won, the, they well, won the lawsuit. Well, that, yeah. but they became the first billionaires off of Bitcoin. Um that was a fact. I don't know. They probably lost some money now, but they 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 made so much money. Yeah. Doesn't matter. We get that point. It doesn't. And matter. they created their own exchange. No, no, no. They they're powerful players in the Bitcoin market. For um, sure. So it's a good book. Uh, I highly recommend it. And we will see you guys in three days because we have a uh, uh, as I said this this week is different. We're gonna put out two episodes this week, so we'll see you back on Friday at five p.m. Keep spreading the word and um, peace. Peace. Thanks. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.